0: Hello, welcome to Heritage Church. We are so glad that you are joining us for worship today. As a church, we exist to connect people to God, to each other, and to their purpose. So if this is your first time joining us for service, or if you have any questions, prayer requests, or want to talk to one of our pastors, please go to heritageqc.com connect, and one of us on the pastoral team will contact you this week. For now, I'd like to invite you to raise your voice to make a joyful noise as we begin to worship God together. Would you sing with me?
1: Hey, welcome everyone that stay in the- Worship our King, come let us bow at His feet, He has done great things. And see what our Savior has done, see how His love overcomes, He has done great things. Yes, He has done great things.
2: I just, here's what I believe with all my heart. I believe that God has amazing things that he wants to do in and through your life. I actually believe that. He has amazing things that he wants to do in and through your life. Man, how I wish it right now. Wherever your favorite restaurant is, wherever your favorite hangout place is, I wish that I could go there with you. Maybe it's in your shop. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's at a, again, like at Starbucks or something, but I wish I could sit across the table from you and look you in the eye and say to you and call you by name and just say God's got amazing things that he wants to do through you. Because he really does. And and here's the thing. This is kind of becoming a little bit of my phrase while I'm in this period of being the, the interim guy here at Heritage. And that is that God is crazy in love with you. He's just crazy in love with you. He actually really, really likes you. He God of the universe, the God who spoke the Milky Way into existence and didn't break a sweat doing it, that God loves you. And here's the thing, the Bible actually tells us that again and again and again. Now for some of you, you walked in here today not really recognizing the fact that God is crazy in love with you, but he is. Others of you, you've heard that enough and you've actually begun a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And and I don't know, like scripture or the Bible may be brand new to you, or maybe it's something that you like have dove into for years of your life. But either way, what I pray is that these next two passages of scripture, as a matter of fact, the three or four or five passages in Scripture that we're going to look at really, really quickly here in the next just couple of minutes, I pray that they would once again remind you of how God feels about you. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. God says to us, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. God says, I draw you to myself. God doesn't say, why don't you just get out of here? Like, I don't like you. He doesn't say that. He actually says, I've drawn you to myself. And then in one of the more famous passages of Scripture, Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not die but have everlasting life. God had no obligation to love us. No one one said to God, because he's in control, no one said to God, you have to love those humans there on earth. No, no, it's not, not what happened at all. He chose to. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And God, who loves you so much and who chose you, invites us into a life changing relationship with Him. This guy by the name of Paul writes, and he says, Anyone who belongs to Christ, in other words, anyone who's begun a relationship with Him, anyone who said, Jesus, I actually want to be in a relationship with you, anyone who's like that has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. See, Jesus promised you and I a totally different type of life. I got to tell you, I don't, I, how I wish that I could get this into your bones and into your spirit. 98% of people who are walking around the face of the planet are just kind of living their life, and it's just kind of happening. But Jesus, the God of the universe, the one who spoke everything into existence, that Jesus promised you a different type of life. A greater life. A much more adventurous life. Jesus actually wants your life to be an adventure. To be funny, he doesn't want your life to be boring all the time. And I don't mean this weird, but do you know why people still play video games until 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning? Because they don't have anything better to do. Do you know why people do social media and just scroll all the time? Because they don't have anything better to do. And guess what? The God of the universe actually has something better for you to do. No, I'm not beef. Look, if you want to play video games, that's great. Whatever. This is not an anti-whatever message. No, no, no. I'm just telling you that God's got an incredible adventure for your life. And that adventure doesn't mean just that you pay a mortgage off in 15 or 20 or 30 years and you kind of just go to work and punch in a time clock and get ready and then you just go to life, just kind of go through life all the time. No, no, no. He actually, inv- he actually invites you into a life where it's fun and adventurous and you watch God move in you and through you and it's so geekified. Like it's so much fun. Like it, woohoo! This is cool. Look what God just did. That's what he actually wants to do through you. And here's what happens though. What happens is I get it. I fully get it. See, here's what happens. Eric, I'm not gonna hurt you. At least I hope. Not. Okay, here we go. Here's what happens. Who cares about that? Okay, here we go. Here I am again to church. I really like Jeremiah better. (laughs) Josh has got such a loving heart. Like that guy up front, is just a whack job. Why does he get all excited? And he claps. Like someone's got to seriously put him on some Ritalin or something. Like he's got to... Maybe just clap less loud. That would be one of 50 different things that probably should change about me. You know, I really didn't think that the 49ers were going to go into Green Bay and beat them.
1: <laughs>
2: right? What do they sing in Spanish every once in a while here? What's with that? Man, would he just calm down? (laughs) Crap, I'm hungry. I just want to go home and get something to eat. He better, heck, not talk about that stupid fasting thing again. I just, (laughs) yeah, he's up there banging on about the fact that God wants to do amazing things in my life. Does he really know me? Does he know my porn problem? Does he know that my wife and I are actually sleeping in different beds because we're just a hair's breadth away from getting a divorce? Does he, does he know I got fired from my job this week? Does he know that it's the 23rd of the month and the 31st doesn't come till a week from tomorrow and I don't have any money left for the rest of the month? Does he know that people are picking on me at school? Does he know that I really am very tempted by this person at work who's coming on to me? God, what it And what happens is is that we bless you We self-select ourselves out of being used by God to do amazing things. Because what happens is, is that we sit there and we say to ourselves, okay, great, God God wants me to live this adventurous life. God's got amazing things for me. Yeah, but he doesn't, that guy up there on stage, he doesn't know what I'm going through. No, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. I wish I did, Seriously. I wish I did, and I mean that with all my heart. You can't do this job and not care about people. At least you shouldn't do this job and not care about people. I wish I had the time to sit down or hang out in your shop and just know what really is true about you. I really do, with all my heart. But I don't know what's going on in your life, but this much I do know. What I do know is that the God of the universe is crazy in love with you and actually has invited you into a whole other life that 98% of Americans and 98% of the people on the face of the planet never experience. And they never experienced it for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's because they self-select themselves out. They say, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm just not spiritual enough. I, I don't know the whole Bible, Chris. Matter of fact, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've never read the Bible from Genesis to Maps. Like... Thank you for the four people that got that joke. I have no idea. See, here, it, it, the Bible starts with the book of Genesis, and most Bibles have maps at the back of it. Sorry. It's a stupid joke. I, I, I don't know the Bible that well. So and so again, we self-select ourselves out. And yet there's this invitation by the Holy Spirit to say, ah, oh, Oh, there's so much more. But I'll tell you what, in order for us to experience so much more, we're going to have to give ourselves to it. Like you're going to have to make a decision to go after it. That's why I love this quote from my favorite author, Dallas Willard. Grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. In other words, we can't earn our salvation. We just can't. It's a gift given to us by Almighty God. Jesus paid for it when he went to the cross on our behalf. That's awesome. We can't earn it. But in order for me to go everywhere that God wants me to go in my relationship with him, I'm going to have to put out some effort. I don't mean this weird, but every other area of our life, we probably have to put out effort in order to go someplace. I doubt any of you who actually have a job knew exactly everything about that job when you came out of your mother's womb. Most of you have actually had to learn some things. You have to give yourself to it. As I think I've told you before, my mom could play everything she heard on the radio. She could play it on the piano when she was four years old. She's now 80 years old, but can I tell you, she still plays the piano, but she still does this thing called practice. Does she have some natural talents and gifts? Absolutely. But she's had to take those, and she's actually had to give herself to some effort towards that. Anything that we want to accomplish in life that actually means something, we actually have to give some effort to. If I want to make the basketball team, I'm going to have to give some effort to that. If I, if I want to go to the next run in my, in my job career, I'm probably going to have to give some effort towards that. i have to learn something. The exact same thing is true in our relationship with God. If I wanted to go to another level, I'm actually going to have to give some effort to that. See, Jesus said, anyone who wants to be my disciple must take up their cross and follow me daily. Like you're going to have to do things on a daily basis. You're going to, there's going to have to be some routines that we get ourselves in so we can actually follow him. It's not, we're not going to fall out of bed and all of a sudden become a better follower of Jesus Christ. We're actually going to have to give ourselves to it. We're going to have to do something because grace is opposed to earning. I don't earn brownie points with God. That's not how it works. But, how it is. but what I do want to do is I want to grow deeper in my relationship with God. I want to go deeper in him. I, I wanna know him more. I wanna follow him better. I, I wanna know what he wants for me. I wanna be able to hear his voice clearer. And that doesn't happen by me being lazy. It happens by me actually giving myself to it. See, I've been married for 31 years, and I gotta tell you, I, I've gotta work at my relationship with my bride. It doesn't just happen. I literally I got one of the best texts I've I've gotten in a long time from Mary this morning. I should pull it up. But you know uh um, don't worry, there's nothing R-rated in here. She watched the first service live streaming. If she's watching now, I'll probably get a text from her right now. That says, "What are you doing?" No, she wouldn't say that. Hmm. She wrote this this morning to me at 7:21. "Dear honey, in this moment I am deeply grateful for the maturity of our relationship." that we can have really good conversations. And at the end of it, at the bottom of it, we both can truly trust the other one. Sure, we have our moments. Most humans do. But I am deeply grateful for how each of us have allowed Holy Spirit to shape and mold us and how we are on a lifelong mission to be all that he wants us to be as individuals, as a couple, and in a family. We, well, praise be to God for that, but here's the deal. This happens because we work at it. This happens because we put effort into it. I've told you a hundred times before, every inch of altitude that Mary and I have in our relationship, we've worked at. Because we are both very strong-willed people, and we should have been divorced 30 years ago. But we've worked at it, and worked at it, and worked at it. And now, oh my gosh, we're enjoying the best years of our marriage, by far but we've put effort into it. And the same has got to be true in my relationship with God. It's got to be true in my relationship with God. So this morning, over these next two and a half more hours of this message, I'm just, some of you are breaking out in hives, don't worry. I'm unapologetically calling us to a breakthrough life. And again, it's available to all of us. Don't self-select yourself out. Please, don't you dare say that God can't use you. Don't you dare say that you're not good enough for him. Don't you dare say those words. I love this passage of scripture. <laughs> I love it. So cool. It comes, right, it comes the day after the story that I told you a month ago of Peter and John, and they, they healed this guy that was outside, this gate, outside the gate of the temple, and they healed him. They wanted a, he wanted a handout, but they wanted to heal him because the Holy Spirit told him to do that. So they healed this guy, and all of a sudden, he's up jumping around, and he, he wasn't able to walk before that. But now, because of the power of Jesus Christ, he's up, he's dancing, he's healing. He's having all kinds of fun, which is great. But the religious leaders aren't too happy. Because now, now you know, like these disciple dudes are getting all the attention, and they're used to getting all the attention. And they're not too happy, but they're a bit jealous about it. So they call these guys in. And I love it. you got to see this. Oh, I just love this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were what? They were what? Ordinary, because all men are, okay? Because they were ordinary. That's all they were. They were ordinary men. They were just fisher guys. They were fishermen. That's all they were. They were ordinary. They are just regular dudes. They were pipe fitters. They were construction workers. They were just regular dudes. They weren't impressive to anybody, They are just regular, blue-collar guys. They were just ordinary guys. They hadn't been to Harvard. They hadn't been to Yale. They hadn't been to any of those places. They hadn't been to Stanford. They were just ordinary guys. And yet, and yet, they also recognized them as men who had been with who? With, With who? With Jesus. They had hung out with Jesus. Jesus was their homie. They had hung out. And they knew Jesus and Jesus knew them. And that was the differentiating factor in their life is they had hung out with him. So here's my question. Are you hanging out with him? Would anybody say about you, they just hang out with God? Because it comes out. It just comes out. And you say to me, no, that doesn't happen to me very often. What can I tell you? And can I beg you to believe that it's available to you? It's available to you. And it, and it can happen in really ordinary, non-whatever ways. Jimmy Cyber. So about a year ago, my wife told me about this pastor in Waco, Texas, and uh, to make a long story short, um, I ended up going, Mary and I, my wife and I, went and hung out with he and his wife, Laura. We have a picture of them. So we hung out, and uh, he, in 1999, planted a church that, called Antioch Church in Waco. It's won thousands and thousands of people to Jesus, and they've planted 40 churches in North America and 80 churches outside of North America. Okay, so God's really used them to do some really, really cool things. But I want to read to you um, from back when Jimmy was 20 or 21 years old. Now, you know, my biggest insecurity in life is that I bore people. So I don't want to bore you, so stick with me. Do you promise to stick with me? Okay, so here we go. One day when I was 19 or 20, the church I was attending to needed some host homes for some visiting missionaries who were attending a conference. So I opened up my apartment, and God brought a man into my life by the name of Ron Higgins. God had used Ron mightily in India and Pakistan, preaching at massive crusades where thousands of people were saved and healed. More than anything, though, Ron was a humble and tender man before God. When Ron stayed with my roommates and I, I asked if I could spend some time with him. He said, sure. Why don't you meet me first thing tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock? I nodded yes, but all I could think was, you mean 5 in the morning? What, are we going fishing? When we met, Ron told me that the first hour of the day was for prayer. Awesome, I thought. What a great idea. Ron went to his corner and I went to mine and we began to pray. An hour later, Ron woke me up and told me it was now time to study God's Word. Wonderful, I thought. I love the Bible. The Bible's awesome. I began reading and soon started meditating as well. Meditation, as you know, sometimes happens with your eyes closed. And as you might have guessed, Ron had to wake me up again, this time while I was drooling into the open pages of my Bible. I followed Ron for four days, driving him around and sticking as close as I could to his side. Everyone he met soon discovered that he knew Jesus. He would pray for people, show them love, encourage them in some way. Often he boldly shared the gospel right on the spot. I was inspired to witness such a lifestyle of love. I love that phrase, lifestyle of love, both for God and for the people around him. When we had time, I would ask Ron to tell me the stories of seeing God's power work powerfully in India and Pakistan through those crusades. But instead, he consistently turned towards me and asked to hear my stories. On the fifth morning that we spent time together, we talked at the breakfast table. We spoke of nations coming to faith and God revealing himself mightily in power. The presence of God was so strong that morning in my apartment that we could feel it. It seemed as if Jesus himself was sitting at that table with us. And then Ron put his hand on my shoulder and declared, Jimmy, I've got a word for you. He began proclaiming an incredible prophecy over my life. It was intense. God was in our midst and his presence was undeniable. Overwhelmed by the amazing words that Ron spoke, I thought, finally, the hour of God's anointing power on my life has come. I've read about this thing, stuff like this happening, and now it's actually happening to me. By the time by the time Ron finished, visions of worldwide revival danced in my head. And I saw myself standing on stage, leading thousands and thousands of people to Christ. As we wiped our eyes and gained our composure, I turned to Ron and asked eagerly, so what now? Where do we go from here, Ron? Jimmy, he answered, I've been living across the hall from you for about a week now, and your room is a mess. That wasn't even close to what I was expecting to hear. Gee, I I hope it doesn't bother you, I thought. And then I ask again, oh, okay, okay, so I got a messy room, but what are we going to do now about the worldwide revival, Ron? I don't think you understand, he went on to explain. Unless you first learn to make your bed, you will never be able to administer great things for God. And every parent, every teenager said amen. Remember, Jesus said in Luke 16, 10, he or she who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. Within seconds, I was trembling from a prophetic mountaintop into a sobering sobering reality of what my life looked like. How's your prayer life, Ron continued. I told him I was into praying an hour a day. He probed some more. So how how often do you do that, Jimmy? God's presence was so alive there in that moment in my apartment that I remembered stories from Scripture about what happened to people who lied in the presence of God. So I opted for honesty. I looked down, kind of ashamedly, Only a couple of times a week, I admitted. Ron challenged me to be faithful in prayer. He suggested, Jimmy, start with just five or ten minutes a day until you can become really consistent seven days a week, 365 days a year. Then move it to 15 minutes or so on, whatever Holy Spirit guides you to do. Make prayer your first priority in the morning as an act of your will to depend on God alone throughout the day, he encouraged. Now, I'm going to break from the reading here. You know, okay, 2022, right? What do most of us do? Voom. What would happen if we did that? And what would happen if we actually focused in on what, because can I tell you, the phone's going to burn. I know, I just made a lot of teenage girls in this room really, really nervous. You will not take your phone into eternity with you. <laughs> nope, it ain't going. What if we focused on him first? Do I have to do it for an hour right there? I'm going to fall asleep. No. Just your first acknowledgement. Good morning, God. Thank you for seeing me through the night. Thanks for loving me. Thanks that I actually have a roof over my head. Thanks that I actually woke up. I could be like in your presence right now, dead, like alive to you, but like dead to the world, literally. What about your Bible reading, Jimmy? Have you read the whole Bible? I thought about it. Surely I had. I mean, I loved reading the Bible. Wouldn't I eventually get to a point where I'd read it all? Ron challenged me again. The Bible is the anchor of our souls, Jimmy. It transforms our minds and our hearts and lays a foundation for our entire belief system. We've got to be consistent in his word. What about talking to other people about your faith, Jimmy? I thought I had a great answer for that one because I spent the previous summer sharing my faith in in Papua New Guinea. But he wasn't interested in that story. He wanted to know if people in my life there in Waco, Texas, knew that I love Jesus. Are you ashamed of Jesus, he asked systematically ron went through areas of my life asking hard questions moment by moment i shrunk in humility now please understand ladies and gentlemen romans 8 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus the the purpose of this seven or eight or nine minute portion of my message is not to make you feel condemned it is to help you understand that we're not supposed to feel condemned we are supposed to feel invited condemnation no invitation yes you're invited by Almighty God to hang out with Him. If your favorite whoever, rock star, football star, sports star, favorite whatever, invited you to hang out with them, could you find time to do it? Can we find time to spend time with Almighty God who loves you and has an incredible life for you. It all seemed to make sense in that one experience with Ron. God had wonderful plans for my life, just as He has wonderful plans for each of your lives. But the key would would never but the key is, is that they would never fully come to pass unless I learned to be obedient and faithful. So I began to journey. And I I took up spiritual disciplines. I prayed first thing every day. I sought God in his word. I fasted regularly. I shared the good news of Jesus with people around me. I began to disciple other people. I created a lifestyle of servanthood in the context of community. I am thankful God was gracious enough to bring Ron Higgins into my life right when I needed it. Not only did God reveal a part of his dreams to me, through Ron, but he also taught me how to live a life through which those dreams could actually come to pass. Without that lesson, I would not have seen God's dreams fulfilled in my life. A church in Waco, Texas would not have been planted. 40 churches in North America wouldn't have been planted, and 80 churches outside of North America wouldn't have planted. Where did it start? It started by a guy who just said, okay, I'm going to start spending five to ten minutes a day with Jesus. It started with just being obedient with small things, and just starting I'm begging you this morning, I'm begging you, start with the small things and do them consistently and watch what God will do over a period of time. And it will blow your ever living mind. It's so cool, seriously, it's so much fun. It's just so much fun to watch what God will do. Like, so, like yesterday, Yeah, yesterday I was in my hotel and I was at, I was in the little workout area and I ran a bunch yesterday. I got on a treadmill. And I did ten miles yesterday. And, and next to me came in this guy who's six foot three and he's really tall. And on the other side of him was this girl. I was there for an hour and a half because it takes me a long time to run in, uh, 10 miles because I'm slow. So I'm there and I'm running and <laughs> and he's flirting with this girl. I'm there for an hour and a half. I know what's going on. Okay. His so I get down with my run, and he looks at me, and he says, man, you're a rock star. I said, actually, no. And, and I pulled up on my phone a picture of me that I've shown you before of when I used to be 110 pounds overweight. And he said, he said holies, how did you do that? And I said, you really want to know? He said, yeah. I said, God. I said, I literally went to God and said, God, I'm powerless to change this unless you change this in my life. I'm asking you to change this. Would you please change it? And I said, God changed it. This morning, I was back on the treadmill, and the the guy, the six-foot-three guy wasn't there, but the gal was there. I was actually already in. She came in while I was running. And she said, I said hello to her, and then she said hello to me. And I got done running, and I, I was leaving, and the uh, Holy Spirit said to me, tell her I love her. Now, <laughs> you're like, well, Chris, you're obnoxious and loud on stage. That must be really easy for you to do. Look, I may be a whack job on stage, but when I'm in a workout room and it's just me and another woman, I'm supposed to tell her that God loves her? Yep. Yesterday, literally, in my devotions, I read Jesus' words to me, which were, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Got it. Hey, ma'am? Yep. I just felt impressed to tell you that God really loves you. Have a great day. She smiled really big, said thank you. I needed to hear that. Then I left the workout area. Now, did I went into the faith right there? No. She baptized going to heaven automatically? No. But I knew that I was obedient to what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do in that moment. And you know, I, I, this is so much cool! Like, ooh, I'm rocking up to my room. I got plenty of energy. Why? Because all, I was I was obedient to what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do then and there. That's an adventurous life. That's an adventurous life. That's being in communication with God throughout the day, saying, God, what do you want to do in this moment? And do you know how that happens? That happens because we actually spend time with him, and we get to know his voice. And I wish I don't, because I've already gone over by one minute and three seconds. I wish I had time to go over this book with you. This is a great, great book. I love Dallas Willard's book, Hearing God, because it's so practical and so pragmatic. And it helps people to actually Learn to hear His voice, and and I'll just tell you, there's a because our prayer life is actually supposed to be a dialogue. We can act, you can actually learn to hear God's voice, guiding and directing you. You really can. Will you always get it right? No. Do I sometimes get it wrong? Yes. I don't care. <sighs> Will I always get it right with Mary? Will I sometimes mess up? Yes. But I don't care. I want, I, I'm in it to win it. I'm into the, I'm, I'm, I want my relationship with my wife to be awesome. I want my relationship with God to be even more awesome. I'm in it to win it. I want to listen to His voice. And, and, and some if I listen to it and I learn how to hear it, then I will begin to live an adventurous life. And, and if we're going to pray breakthrough prayers, it's going to be because we've actually listened for his voice and we start doing the things that he invites us to do. But if we're not listening, we'll never hear it and we'll never get to live that adventurous life. We'll just go on throughout our day and we'll go day after day after day after day after day and we'll miss what God has for us. I just don't want that for you. See, what would happen if I only hung out with Mary on Sundays? And I didn't talk to her like Monday through Saturday. Would we have this great relationship? Heck no. And in the same way, if I only kind of do the God thing on Sundays, then I'll miss out on what he has for me throughout the week. And he wants to invite me into that. And I'm begging you. Oh my goodness. that I was... I grew up in the church, and when I was 16 years old, I met this guy by the name of Tim Elmore, and Tim was passionately in love with Jesus, and I had never met anyone who was passionately in love I'd gone to church for all my whole life. Since I was in the womb, I went to church. And hey, now I'm 16 years old, and I finally meet someone who's actually passionately in love with Jesus, and I said to myself, I want that. And honestly, I've gone after it. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm no I am so ordinary. Oh my goodness, I don't have a super high IQ. No, I I'm just an ordinary man. The only the only thing that makes me anything is that I'm 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 falling passionately in love with Jesus and I just want what he wants. Period. I don't care anymore. I just want what Jesus wants. And because of that, there are all kinds of opportunities that start coming, They start opening up. And when we start living for Jesus, things that are really cool start happening. So I'm begging you, would you please start going after him? Five or 10 minutes a day. Let it grow. Chris, what am I supposed to pray about for five or 10 minutes a day? Yeah. Uh, get in the shower. You know what happens? You turn the spigot, and warm water comes out. When was the last time you thanked Jesus for water that came out of a spigot and was actually warm? My, my eldest daughter lives in Rwanda, is married to a Rwandan pastor, and they, don't, they have two kids under the age of two and a half, and they don't have they don't have running water, and they certainly don't have warm running water. When's the last time you just thank God for hot water? How many of you have food? You may not love it, but you have food in your cupboard or in your refrigerator right now. How many of you got here by riding a pony? Oh, some kind of vehicle. Just start thanking God for all your blessings. Roof over my head. Like, just start thanking him for your blessings. That, that, that'll take three or four minutes. And, and when, you get, when you start really opening up your eyes to all the things you have, that can take 10 minutes in and of itself. Oh my. But then I can go on and talk to God. Like, in that 10 minutes in the morning after I thanked him for stuff, I can say, God, I want my relationship with you to go to a whole nother level. It's okay, sweetie. I know I'm going long. I'm almost done. Really, I promise. Almost done, honey. That's what everybody is thinking. They just aren't crying, but everybody's thinking what you're thinking, sweetie. Everybody. Mom, I wouldn't even try and keep her quiet. You just, you know. Because if he, if she keeps going on or he keeps going on, I'll finally shut up. And, be gonna... <laughs> and and then and then after we tell him that we really want to grow in our relationship with him, then we can start praying for people around us. Like our coworkers or our schoolmates or our family members or our friends who need to know him. And I, no lie, well, like, before long, we're gonna be praying for easily 15 minutes a day. It's not gonna be a problem. And then we can get in God's word. And I just wanna encourage you, read God's, Rick Warren said years ago, read until you get to an aha. Now, I've read through the Bible many, you know, the Bible in a year programs. Like, I've done that bunches of times. But there are also times when I just slowly read the Bible through until I hit an aha, and then I stop. You don't have to read a whole chapter. Read a couple sentences. If it hits you, and then stop. Ladies and gentlemen, all I'm doing is begging you to go after Jesus.
3: Rushing, fire Holy Ghost, on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin,
1: Mountains will shake, strongholds will break. oh we can feel it. As we lift you high, we come out. There is no life for the nations, yeah, we still believe that we are the hope. This out. see, God is alive Holy Spirit inside.
0: If something during the service struck a chord with you and you'd like to have someone pray with you, or if you have a follow-up question as something said during the sermon, I'd encourage you to go to heritageqc.com connect and one of us on the pastoral team will reach out to you this week. That's also a great way to find out which groups, classes, and events we are offering. Did you know that the only place in the Bible God says we can and should test Him is in our tithing? we'd encourage you to faithfully risk with us and give with radical generosity. It is your giving to the ministries of Heritage Church that makes programs like this possible. One of the easiest ways to do this is by going to heritageqc.com give. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today, and we will see you next week.
1: Oh, storm inside of